Hi, I'm Kirby Shpaga. Welcome to the Git WebXR podcast, the show about the future of the web. If you're a content creator, a developer new to WebXR, or just curious, follow us for the latest news on tools, platforms, and experiences. Today's guest is Luis Martinez. Thank him in advance for spending some time with us during his evening hours. So <laughs> I'd like to ask you first uh, if you could tell us a little bit about your work and what you do there. Absolutely, Kirby. Thank you very much uh, for inviting me. And uh, it's, it's, it's a pleasure to be, to be here and uh, to be discussing all these matters. So um, I'm Luis and uh, uh, I work as the head of marketing of IT People Group which is a group of three companies uh, that work outside uh, of, uh, well, Europe and South America. So we have four offices. And uh, right now we, we grew up to 150 people and 22 of them uh, work uh, on augmented reality solutions. So uh, we have been developing since 2010. So all started in, a, in, a, in an R&D uh, project. Uh, that created like uh, our main purpose was to create uh, a, an augmented reality content management uh, service. And we kind of, well, we did it uh, and it, it actually worked in 2013. But, uh, well, you know about technology, technology evolves. So <laughs> suddenly, yeah, we needed to uh, keep, uh, well, keep it updated. And, uh, well, uh, the issue is that right now it's more of an, a set of APIs rather than anything else. Uh, but um, yeah, we evolved. Uh, a lot of things happened, as you know. So uh, smart glasses happened, HoloLens. So we are Microsoft Gold Partners and we started working with it in 2016. Uh, and right now, uh, yeah, in South America, let's say 80% plus of our business is mixed reality uh, on Microsoft or over Microsoft. Then we have, um, yeah, Slam also happened. So suddenly augmented reality solutions uh, were not dependent on markers. Uh, and also WebAR, uh, which is, uh, I think, treading a bit, a bit behind still, but uh, it's going to be huge. We were working with fiducial markers and uh, uh, all those apps. So then, yeah, we we started working with uh, iPad One, and uh, uh, okay. yeah, and things uh, and most of the use cases were focused on, um, yeah, marketing and wow kind of uh, an experience, right? So, for instance, mm -hmm. we had like augmented catalogs. We our first or one of our first projects were uh, like um, uh, post office stamps that were augmented, oh, nice. <laughs> and it was, yeah, and it was kind of a wow thing. Uh, so yeah, until I guess 2014 uh, were kind of more like marketing and advertising and promotional uh, augmented reality experiences. In 2013, 14, we started working with. Uh, um, uh, the tourism part, and also with, um, uh, yeah, we had, um, we, we, we developed uh, the platform, a platform that was explored by a startup called Rewind Cities, which uh, used marker-based, uh, sorry, uh, user-defined markers to um, activate like uh, 
time machine kind of experiences. So you pointed to a place you had like uh, kind of uh, crosshairs uh, for you to settle, and then suddenly, bam, you would have like the um, uh, that place, uh, the the picture of that place, like 100 years ago, placed on top, and then you could like go around. So yeah, gotcha. yeah. Uh, a lot of things happen, and then afterwards with Microsoft Hollands, also things started to happen. Uh, regarding WebAR, it's kind of uh, in, inside uh, our company. It's something that is not that old. So we started tinkering with uh, WebXR maybe uh, two years, two years and a half uh, ago. And then, um, uh, well, afterwards, we, we started realizing what, we, what it was. Uh, of course, also everything has been um, uh, well has been happening also really quickly. So you have a lot of uh, last year we we started uh, also dealing it and started also testing with um, uh, eighth wall and uh, other um, yeah uh, other suppliers and other frameworks. So overall. Um, what we see is that there is some availability, uh, feature availability, uh, and uh, there is uh, on the market side the needs, and uh, uh, you have a lot of customers right now coming in and saying, oh, we really want something that works on the web. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, at this point, and uh, specifically due to the some some of the um, trade-off that still you need to do uh, feature-wise, uh, they sometimes either uh, choose, uh, they still choose um, social augmented reality using Spark AR, for instance, or Snap, or uh, they go for um, uh, app uh, encapsulated uh, augmented reality experiences. So, but that I think is something that is uh, going to change uh, and is already changing. But still, um, well, uh, it, I think it all it comes down to the technology evolving a bit more and also the endpoints, the, the devices themselves. Yeah, I mean, one of the things with WebXR, like you said, everybody wants mobile. And going over the web is a fantastic way to share experiences because it, it's just a URL. You don't have to install anything necessarily. But of course, today, that's kind of kind of awkward, I think, for a lot of consumers or customers to hold a, a device. And it seems like it's a short-lived kind of experience. You mentioned before we, uh, when we were chatting on Slack, that you were bullish on web AR. Yeah. So maybe talk about that a little bit more. Yeah, well, I truly believe that WebAR is going to change the way that we, um, how we use augmented reality content. And, um, and I think this because I actually lived through um, the, the, the first digital content revolution, which was the World Wide Web. And uh, I, I come from this uh, time where uh, people would have like uh, uh, notebooks filled with URLs or with IPs and where we would access them and then we would share them with people and it was really fun but <laughs> overall it was just that so it, it really wasn't like like the, the the fantastic tool that right now we are enjoying the world wide web 
And that kind of changed when um, search engines appeared. So uh, we started be so searching for um, so searching for digital content became really really easy in the sense that we would just go to a place we would just state what we needed and then out came a lot of great results for us to see uh, and and to get exactly what we we asked for so uh, that's a real real really useful tool uh, and that uh, I would say uh, is probably I guess that the first the first killer app that uh, the worldwide have, uh, web had w was the search engine, right? So I, I'm, that was only due or that was possible due to the fact that the content was uh, able to be indexed. And uh, I think that web AR will bring that, will allow for that, will allow for uh, content to be indexed and to be afterwards searched or let's say discovered by the user uh, along, well, pretty much in his surroundings, uh, trying to find, and he will be able to find the experiences that uh, actually make sense to him. And then afterwards, he will be able to use them in a way that, uh, well, pretty much he can't right now, because uh, right now, most of the experiences are encapsulated, are inside mobile apps. So it's not easy for him to know exactly where to go in order to, uh, well, fulfill his needs that usually he has uh, at a specific time or in a specific time and in a specific place. And that's where I think that uh, augmented reality content can make the difference in the, in the sense that we're talking not just about digital content, not just about having uh, the, the animations and the videos and the formats and digital formats, but actually applying them to the context. And that context significance of augmented reality content is really what I think will make uh, augmented reality so great and what will probably boost uh, augmented reality throughout this decade to become, I guess, well, the, the main, um, let's say, content format uh, available to, to users. And, well, yeah, furthermore, I, I think that uh, after we have this uh, search engine, this uh, augmented reality search engine, uh, we will also see this uh, trends like, for instance, smart glasses, trends like, for instance, 5G, adding up uh, on the usage of web AR. And uh, um, yeah, add that to the fact that, as you said, it's also simple. You just need to click or you just need to access the link to get the, the, the experience. And I think that we have a, a great cocktail for people to, to actually become comfortable with it and to start using it much more. Fantastic. I like that idea of the AR search engine. And, you know, when you mentioned like, sort of context aware, being able to understand your environment and I guess serve up the right AR content for the right time and place. Yeah. So you mentioned HoloLens as well. Uh, and I understand that there's the uh, Firefox uh, browser on uh, HoloLens 2 that supports uh, WebXR. Have you guys experimented with that or done much work with that yet? I know that the technical team is tinkering with it. Uh, I'm not really sure since uh, we we only uh, started working with uh, uh, the Hollands 2 uh, in the beginning of this year. 
So uh, we, uh, since then, we have been uh, interacting with, uh, well, the, the first focus was to port some of the projects from HoloLens 1 to HoloLens 2. And then only afterwards could we uh, do the, the kind of research that uh, was, uh, was and still is needed for us to try and, and find better solutions. But uh, uh, the feedback I, I, I see, uh, especially online, is that uh, it really is something that, uh, again, uh, opens doors. So it's uh, kind of a platform um, that allows for new use cases to be applied. But uh, it all boils down, specifically when we talk about uh, Microsoft HoloLens, it all boils down to the value that it brings to businesses. And right. in that sense, uh, I guess that still um, the kind of apps that we do that leverage uh, the opportunities um, that uh, and the, the services that are available inside Microsoft HoloLens probably um, can bring uh, or can keep on bringing more and more and quicker benefits for uh, the companies. I see much more web AR as uh, a consumer side um, technology uh, and uh, one that could easily and that will probably be easily uh, boosted and, and um, grown, uh, that, that will be boosted. I think that, that's the, the, the main, uh, the, the best word uh, with 5G and with smart classes. So I think that on the consumer side, we will see much more of that usage rather than uh, on um, technology or on devices like uh, like the Holland. So it looks like there's going to be maybe a split between business quality hardware versus consumer glasses, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, usually when people ask me, so uh, Luis, uh, are you, when they see me with the, the HoloLens, do you really think that people will wear that on the street? I said, no, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> well, they can, but uh, it won't become fashionable, I'm for sure. It's not going to be as uh, something that people will be used to do because, uh, well, it's uh, all of these uh uh, these glasses until now, uh, and even magically, but um, yeah, HoloLens is thought out to be a, a tool. So it's not something that uh, you're going to use on your everyday life. So uh, what we will start seeing, and I think that is going to happen in like the, the next uh, nine to 12 months, we will start seeing several smart glasses coming out on the, on the market that are much uh, similar to like uh, North smart glasses uh, rather than uh, um, HoloLens or uh, uh, Magic Leap. So they will try and focus much more on uh, mimicking, mimicking this, these kind of glasses rather than uh, try and create anything else. And they will probably be focused on um, feature-wise on a very, uh, let's say, slimmed down kind of uh, um, number of features uh, that will probably be, be much less than the ones that those uh, big machines like Holland's allow. Mm -hmm. So, but still uh, interesting ones. Like, um, for instance, one that uh, we, that I was uh, working on like uh, one month and a half ago uh, was about being able to discover 
So for instance, one of the issues that right now we have with COVID-19 is the, um, sometimes it's a, an availability and other times it's, uh, well, the fact that tourists don't want to, uh, the guides to, uh, well, go on tours with them because, well, they don't know if they have the virus and they are not comfortable with them altogether. So uh, pretty much uh, being available or having like uh, these uh, guides presenting the monuments, presenting, doing their tours through augmented reality, for instance, with uh, chroma key videos, with them uh, at at each one of the contexts, like, uh, well, talking and presenting and pointing, that could be really, really interesting to see. But even more, uh, the availability to have, like, uh, an interface that could allow me to find these experiences uh, throughout uh, the city and allow me to see them, uh, see the experiences near me, I think th that would really be interesting and that could... Um, be clearly one of those smart class uh, use cases and meets where they are. That's a great way to think of it. And plus, if you're doing that, then the obvious next thing is navigation. So as a tourist, I see something, how do I get there? How do I walk there, et cetera? And just have exactly. those directions pop up. The other interesting thing you mentioned, Google Glass, you know, that's still going very strong. There's particular use cases where it's really handy, especially being hands-free. You know, you mentioned COVID. That's another opportunity almost that we're accelerating the advancement of augmented reality because now a lot of people want to be hands-free. Google Glass, kind of the idea was you're hands-free because maybe you're, you're working on something, but you want to see work instructions. But now consumers, if they go somewhere, they don't necessarily want to be touching things. So if they can have information displayed through AR, they would probably prefer that. Absolutely. Actually, um, I, I was having this conversation, I don't know, maybe last week, uh, exactly talk, and we were talking exactly about that, how suddenly with COVID-19, uh, there is a rise on e-commerce. Well, due to the simple fact that people are confined or are much more at home. Of course, they, they uh, don't go so much to, to stores. Therefore, they, uh, of course, order much more online. But the issue is that suddenly you, you, you started seeing a lot of more people sharing online the augmented reality experiences that relate with those e-commerce solutions. And uh, for instance, we right now as a company are receiving a lot more um, requests from companies uh, asking uh, us to do like, uh, um, again, try on uh, technologies for augmented reality. Um, and we're talking about uh, opticians, we're talking about uh, furniture uh, manufacturers. So overall, this to say that um, suddenly people are becoming much more, um, let's say, comfortable with uh, interacting with uh, holograms, interacting with 3D models in their houses. And um, I think that uh, is a trend that will probably uh, not, uh, it, it will not end. It will, it's not just a fad. I think it will keep on in the sense that uh, by doing that, by previewing, let's say like that, the product uh, in the context that it's going to be used 
in augment, or through augmented reality technologies, they are not just actually accelerating their decision process, they are also um, avoiding or reducing uh, the return rate uh, of that or the return probability of that specific product. And that is good business for e-commerce systems. So uh, I fully believe that uh, WebAR will uh, also, uh, well, will probably uh, be leveraging also on this trend. And um, uh, right now I haven't been keeping up with uh, Amazon Sumerian, but uh, the last time I saw it was, well, kind of um, a big thing. So uh, yeah, I don't know uh, if you if you heard anything from them lately from uh, Amazon Sumerian. Not not lately. Uh, you know, yeah. some time ago I was pretty pretty involved with it and used it a fair bit. Yeah, yeah. but it's it's pretty much like like you. I haven't had uh, or I haven't heard for quite some time, but the use case is there. Okay. And it's really, really going to work out really well. And uh, again, I myself am, uh, uh, am using uh, many more try-on features and try-on um, applications uh, just to the fact that, uh, well, I cannot go uh, elsewhere, so I try on at home. And um, I think it all, it all boils down to people becoming more and more, um, let's say, tr uh, trustful of digital channels. Because uh, one of the things that the virus did was by throwing us into this, the biggest uh, tele remote work, remote entertainment, remote commerce, remote everything experience in mankind that we're living right now. Suddenly we, we need to, uh, yeah, we, we need to find ways, alternative ways to do what we usually did. Uh, I, I truly believe that it's something that is going to keep on and WebAR is going to push it even further. We're going to wrap up here shortly. Let me just ask you a couple more questions. So what would you like to see happen next with WebAR? Like what's what's missing there to make it kind of go to the next level? I think that there are, uh, we're talking about details right now. So it's, mm. uh, so it's not like, oh, there is this big difference, this big gap, as it was like, I don't know, maybe one year ago, there was a, like a, a bigger gap uh, between um, augmented reality uh, in, in uh, mobile development and uh, augmented reality through web development. So, but still, uh, I think that if we solve like the drift problems, if uh, we solve the issues that uh, allow for web AR to be much more reliable, let's say like that, and much more um, and and uh, and fix it in a way that it provides much more detailed um, experiences. Then we will be ready for um, augmented reality content to be deployed in that format, and probably we will start seeing that format being used um, as uh, a standard. And uh, when that starts to happen the indexing opportunity that we talked about starts also happening. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, and I, I, I truly believe that that is something that is going to happen uh, in, I wouldn't say in the coming months, but yeah, and, and again, in, in one year's time. Very good. Just before we, we leave, I wanted to thank you, of course, again, for your time. But is there anything else that you'd like to, to share with the listeners? 
Well, at this point, it's uh, one of the cool things about working in this area uh, is that um, we are, um, and everyone that uh, I, I have interacted, uh, and uh, you, Kirby, also uh, know, as, as we also share, um, we are also part of the association, uh, and uh, we, we also share uh, this common interest. You, you do know that it's a very giving community. So uh, that's one of the cool things about this, because I think that overall, everyone that is right now working in this area uh, is aware that uh, uh, is, he is building something from scratch, and we can either build something that is fantastic and tr transformational in several ways, uh, or we can build something absolutely dystopic and, <laughs> and we can really make it uh, far worse for uh, ourselves. So it's a big responsibility. And uh, uh, for that, uh, what I, I just wanted to share is that uh, I'm available on uh, LinkedIn, on Twitter, uh, also on Facebook. So if you want to connect and if you want to ask anything or if you want to just do, well, uh, just to a sparring partner, whatever, you are more than welcome to reach out. Well, uh, I, I am glad to, to talk to, uh, well, birds of the same feather. So very good. Thanks once again, and uh, we'll keep in touch. I'd love to see what Next Reality and the other companies you're involved with come out with next. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you, Kirby. Thank you, and you have a great day. Wow. What? <gasps> Bye.